Welcome to 40 Plus Fitness for Women. I'm Lynn Setterloff, your host, and today we are going to be discussing progressive overload. So what it is, how to apply it to your weight training, and answering some of the most frequently asked questions around progressive overload. So I'm actually recording a few of these episodes where I'm going over some basics, which I have discussed in some of my longer episodes, but I thought that this would be really handy for when you start thinking, oh my God, what, what was it? I know she talked about this somewhere that she's talked about this a lot, but, but you know, it was a handy reference for you that what are some of these most important concepts? And actually, when this podcast comes out, I'm recording a few of these in advance, I will be in the U.S. So I grew up in Washington, D.C., but live here in Helsinki area in Finland right now. And I'm going back for my college reunion up at Dartmouth College. So I'm really, really excited to get back into the States. And actually, when this comes out, I will be probably in my car, my rental, uh, driving up the East Coast to visit a friend of mine in Boston. So I'm really excited for that. But in any case, <laughs> let's get into the topic of today. So as you may have gathered, if you've listened to any of my earlier podcasts or followed me in Instagram or social media in general, so progressive overload is definitely one of the most important factors for building muscle and increasing your strength. And one of the reasons, of course, that we want to be building muscle in midlife is that if you haven't started until now, then most likely you have gotten weaker. In fact, that is often... Uh, a trigger, which gets people to start weight training in midlife is they notice that, hey, I'm not as strong as I used to be. So you need to be doing things to really increase your muscle and increase your strength. And though there are several things that you actually need to do, progressive overload is one of the very important ones. So this alone is not going to be you know, enough. You've got to be training often enough. You've got to be having a good program and nutrition and these kinds of things, but progressive overload is one of the key factors to success. And in um, in a nutshell, what's going on with progressive overload or why it is so important is that for your body to decide to put more muscle on, on it, <laughs> to spend its energy doing that, you need to be doing things to convince it that you need more muscle, right? Your body is actually designed to keep you safe and alive. And if being safe and alive and managing your life involves having to be stronger, let's say when you're a caveman, you have to walk up steep hills, or you've got to be able to climb into a tree to grab some apples or, or whatever. I don't know what they did back then. But in any case, then your body, you know, says, ah, this person needs more strength, so I better put more muscle on you. And so we are kind of, by weight training, we're fooling our bodies into thinking that our life, lifestyle really requires more muscle. I wouldn't say it's quite fooling because, in fact, you do need more muscle. It is the loss of strength 
inability to like walk up steps or be able to carry our own groceries and manage in day-to-day life, which leads many older people to need assistance when they're living and, and even people that are not so much older. So what we are doing with progressive overload is we are signaling to our bodies that actually the muscle that we have right now is not quite enough for us, for what we need. And so when we do that, so we're like exercising in a way which pushes our muscles beyond their current capability, our body responds by building more muscle tissue. And then the thing is that once you have more muscle tissue built, you're actually a little bit stronger. And therefore that stimulus that you provided your body before is no longer out of your body's comfort zone, right? So you've got to add a little bit more stimulus so that your body's like, oh, you mean I need a little bit more? Okay, okay. And and that's why you actually need to keep progressively overloading. That's kind of where the name comes from. And this makes a lot of sense. Um, if you think about other athletic ad- endeavors that you may have done in your life, so if you've started running or hiking or anything like that, uh, you notice that when you first get started, let's say if you're doing running, in the beginning, like five minutes may feel very, very taxing for your body and your lungs and your legs and everything. And then when you've done that a few times, then it starts to feel easier. Well, it's because your body has made adaptations. So what do you do if you want to continue to develop your running capability is you start to run a little bit longer distance or you run a little bit faster or you run hills or something, but you're doing things to push your body beyond its current comfort zone. And it's the exact same idea here. The easiest way to actually make sure that you are applying progressive overload is to be weight training in a weight room or at home, you know, but doing a systematic weight training program and tracking your workouts. I actually now have created a free tracker or I'm offering a free tracker that if you haven't been tracking your workouts, you can use this tracker. You can download it from my website. So www.befitafter40.com slash tracker. There's also a link in the show notes. But um, that is in a Google Sheet, so you can copy it to your own Google Drive and start using it there, or you can even download it, print it, if you prefer to track uh, with paper and pen, so up to you. But tracking is really going to be the most effective way for you to know whether you are actually progressively overloading. So, So what does progressive overload look like in practice when you're weight training? And this, this works whether you're at home or, you know, the gym, whatever. So let's, let's take a scenario. So let's say you are working at an eight to 12 rep range. Uh, And let's use an easy one. I know I use this all the time, bicep curls. Um, So let's say you're doing bicep curls and you figured out your starting weight and let's say that's six pound weights. So, and you're going to do three sets, by the way, per uh, workout session, per training session. So let's say in the first session, you do this six pounds and you're tracking in your tracker and you're able to get 
eight reps in your first set, seven reps in your second set, and eight reps in your third set. Well, you can see that you haven't quite reached getting eight in all of your sets. So the next session, you're going to aim again for getting eight reps in each of your sets. So let's say in session two, you're again lifting the same six pounds and you do manage to get eight reps in each of your sets. So you've got eight, eight, eight in your tracker. Yay. So that means that you're ready to move up to aiming for nine reps, right? So then the next time you go in to do your weight training, then you'll stay still with the six pounds, but this time you'll be aiming to get eight reps in each of your sets. Now, most likely, well, most likely you won't get uh, nine reps in each of your sets. So your workout or your training may look like eight reps in the first set, eight reps in the second set, but in the ninth, I mean, in the third set, you really like are pushing yourself and yes, you get that ninth rep in there. Great. So clearly you're making progress. And as you notice in these three sessions already, in these three training sessions, each time your body has done a little bit more than it did before. So in the first session, you had eight, seven, eight. In the second session, you had eight, eight, eight. So it did one rep more than in the previous session. And then in this session, you've done eight, eight, nine. So again, one rep more than the previous session. And you keep going like that. Um, so when you're, you manage to do that six pounds uh, so that you have nine reps, nine reps, nine reps, then you start aiming for 10 reps. Then when you've got 10 reps across all of your sets, then you aim for 11 reps and so on until the day that you are doing the six pounds and each set is the 12 reps. So you have hit the top of your rep range. And at that point, you are ready to go up in weight. Now, I will, okay, a few caveats or, or a few detail things here. Uh, first of all, one thing that I definitely notice is that when you're very first starting weight training or starting up on a new exercise, then you may notice that you are increasing your reps even faster than this example. That's normal because your body is learning the kind of the choreography, the neurological adaptations to do that exercise. And so you'll become more efficient just at lifting that weight. Yeah. So you'll increase most likely a little bit faster. And then if you're a more experienced lifter, so you've been doing it for longer, the increases may come more gradually. You may have two weeks where you have the same number of reps. That's totally normal as well. You may also have training sessions where your reps all of a sudden go down. And that is completely normal as well. There may be several explanations for that. So one might be just that you're doing your exercises in a different order. 
So for example, if I'm doing my um, Bulgarian split squats as my first exercise, my legs are super fresh and I'll be able to, if I keep it always in slot number one, you know, I'll be able to do a nice progression up. But let's say I go to the gym one day and all the benches are taken. So there's no place for me to do my Bulgarian split squats. So I do something else first. Well, then my legs are already a little bit more tired when I go to do that. So I may not hit the same reps as I did the previous week. It is just going to happen that way. It might be that you had poor night's sleep, that you haven't eaten enough, um, that maybe you went back into the weight room a bit too soon. So it's very individual, like how quickly you recover from your weight training. Uh, they say at least 48 hours between training the same muscle group again. But for me, it's better for me to take two days off for a particular muscle group before I go back and do it again. That's what I've noticed. So, so don't feel discouraged if it doesn't go like textbook as I just described. So that's not a problem. Hey, I wanted to run an idea by you. I've been thinking about how to help more women get started weight training. I've been mulling over offering an online group program where women from all over could do this together virtually. So instead of one-on-one -on -one coaching, it would be me coaching a group of women at the same time. I was thinking it could happen in a Facebook group where we could all hang out, share training wins, ask questions, and get support and encouragement from the community, and of course, from me too. What do you think? Is this something that might appeal to you? Now, this is just an idea at this stage, but if this is something that could actually interest you, please let me know by signing up for the wait list. Now, signing up is not an obligation to join, but if I do end up creating such a group program, you'd be the first to know and be able to join at a discounted price as a founding member. Most likely, I would launch this in the fall of 2023. You can join the wait list at www.befitafter40.com group and I'll also pop the link in the show notes. It would really help if you would join the waitlist so I can get a feeling for whether this is actually interesting to my audience or not. Now back to the show. So one of the common questions that people ask is how often should you be increasing the weights? And the answer to that is that when you get to the top of your rep range, then you can increase the weight. And then uh, does progressive overload work for all rep ranges? And the answer is yes, this will work. So you can actually build muscle at, at a very wide variety of rep ranges, anywhere from about four, five reps to about 30 reps. And there are different arguments for why you would want to work in different rep ranges. And, and some people, yeah, I won't go into those here because I'm trying to stay, stay on topic. But yes, it will work for all of those. And then the, the sticky question is how much weight should you add when you increase the weights? So in theory, ideally, what you would want to do is increase your weights just enough to get back to the bottom of your rep range. So increase enough. So in, in our example, we were working from eight to 12 reps. So increasing it enough that you are back at doing eight reps. 
Now, in, in practice, that's a little bit harder to do. So uh, in practice, you have like your machines. Um, if you're working on a machine, then they the weights go up in certain intervals. It might be, I, I don't know what it is nowadays in pounds, but it might be like by five pounds or by 10, maybe it's by 10 pounds. I've seen random uh like eight as the interval, which is a bit weird. So you can first try by moving to the next peg down and see how that goes for you. For some muscles, that will be just fine. For other muscles, it might be too much. And if it's too much, if you're working on a weight stack, so you've got a machine or you're using cables, there are a couple of tricks you can do. One is that you can hang a smaller plate weight on the pin that you're putting into the stack, or else you can put a dumbbell on top of the stack. So I use both of those kind of depending on the situation. And then if you're working with dumbbells, try with the next weight up in dumbbells. Now, I found this to be a bit challenging in certain exercises. My gym doesn't have like every single weight, right? It, it goes like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10. And then it goes to 12 and a half, <laughs> right? So, so, and if you're doing something like bicep curls, going from 10 to 12 and a half is quite a leap. And actually on um, shoulder press, I had this issue because I was going nicely. I had, you know, tens on my shoulder press. And then the next weight was 12 and a half. And I tried the 12 and a half. And I was like, okay, I can get half a rep or maybe one rep. So that was not going to work for me. So I actually needed to switch from doing a dumbbell shoulder press to going to a machine shoulder press so that I could make it, uh, get it to a weight that was working for me. So I shifted to working on the machine for three months, strengthened up my shoulders on the machine. And then I was able to move back into the dumbbells and, and use, start using the 12 and a halves. And of course, now that I'm getting to the point where the 12 and a halves are starting to really flow very nicely, the next, um, dumbbells that we have are 15s, which is again, too big of a leap. So I'm going to need to go back onto a machine. So there, there are things like that, that you can do. And then there's the question of, can you apply progressive overload in group fitness classes? So, so this, this is actually quite challenging. Um, now, if I use the example, so if you think about like what we just discussed with the progressive overload is that in order to make sure that you're overloading your muscles all the time, like challenging them a little bit more and a little bit more as they get stronger, you want to be doing like the same exercises for a longer period of time and increasing the reps until you're at a level where you can increase the weight. So actually increasing rep and increasing weight, both of them work, but this, this um, way of doing it that I explained earlier is probably the most commonly used one. So if you were in a body pump class, for example, now this is a Les Mills concept class where the choreography is exact, you know, it is a certain number of uh, whatever it is that you do, squats or, or bicep curls, and you do it to the pace of the music. 
So if the choreography calls for 10 reps, then that's what you're doing. You're doing 10 reps. There's really not a possibility that if, okay, I get to the 10th rep and I feel like I could still do an 11th, that you could just do the 11th because no, you're on to the next thing. So, so that is uh, the challenge of that kind of class. Now, of course, if you notice that, okay, I'm doing the reps and I can do this, okay, then you can go up to the next weight. But there, again, it, it may be challenging because the next weight may not be um, the right weight for you at that point. So it may be that the dumbbells, you know, don't go up that high or that the jump is too high. Plus, oftentimes they switch out uh, what, like, you know, there's the certain body pump, like body pump uh, choreography 101 or whatever. And then then one teacher may teach that body pump class. And then, then another teacher teaches one that's like a year old. So then you're doing something a little bit different. So it's, it is like doing random workouts that, that is, I think the best descriptor for it. Now it is good for muscle endurance. That is what they actually market that it is great for muscle endurance. And that's a little bit of a different, um, different kind of thing than building strength and actual muscle size hypertrophy. So they're not claiming to do that and they actually don't do it very well. Now, if you're brand, brand new to weight training and you go and start doing like a circuit class or a pump class or something like that, then you probably will see some degree of results just because you're going from doing nothing to doing something. But please um, don't mistake that for like a long-term strategy of continuing to increase your strength. I made that mistake. I spent, gosh, at least five years regularly going to those classes. And oh my God, I was I was the person that was, you know, working probably one of the hardest in the room, pushing myself as hard as I could go, increasing the weights, you know, all, all the things, uh, feeling really, really exhausted by the end. And my weights did not go up very much. It was very remarkable when I quit that. And I went into the weight room and started applying progressive overload and doing a consistent program where I could actually track my progress and do the progressive overload. I got stronger and my muscle definition came back because it had actually disappeared when I was doing the pump classes because <laughs> menopause happened. Yeah. So, um, so it, while it may be a, a good way just to get an introduction to, okay, this is what it's like to be doing weights or whatever. Uh, I would say don't get stuck there because it's really not going to be so efficient. And if you're a woman in midlife where you're already going through the perimenopause transition or you're in menopause, then it is harder for you to build muscle. You can go back to my previous episode. Oh my goodness. Was it 12 or something that was about uh, menopause and midlife? watch or listen to that podcast because really it explains why you want to be more optimal at this age in what you're doing. Okay. And then the final uh, commonly asked question is, can you actually do progressive overload without weights? And, uh, and the answer to that is yes. Um, 
so there's a whole group of, you know, our exercise type, which is doing body weight exercises. And, and that's of course different than working with weights, but even those of us who do weight training, we do have some exercise, which are body weight exercises, for example, uh, doing pull-ups, learning how to do pull-ups. You can do that as a progressive overload exercise. So in the beginning, you know, you don't need any weights. You just need a bar or something to hold onto and you get a rubber band, which will assist you in, you know, being able to do the pull-up in the beginning when you're not strong enough. So there are actually different strengths of these rubber bands. So you could start by having two or three of these rubber rubber bands really helping to hold much of your weight. And then, you know, you remove one of the rubber bands, so you only have two of them, and then you remove one, you know, and you slowly build up. And here, you know, the rubber bands work like the weights. So that's the amount of resistance you're having. And you can definitely work with rep ranges, right? You use three rubber bands in the beginning. So that's kind of the lightest and you do, you know, six of them the first time. Then the next time you train, you try to do seven and then see if you can do seven across all of your sets, then try to do eight, you know, and, and do the whole progressive overload thing with that. Another example of body weight uh, progressive overloading would be if you're trying to learn how to do a push-up. So doing a push-up on the floor is is a harder variant. So if you are not very strong in your chest muscles, you might start by actually being standing and leaning in towards a wall and doing your push-ups against a wall. So that's like having your lowest rate resistance. And then you do you know, the bottom of your rep range there and keep increasing your reps um, as you get stronger. And then as you get to the point where you get to the top of your rep range, doing the leaning pushups, then, then instead of leaning against a wall, you might lean against a table, which is going to bring you to more of an, um, of a horizontal angle. So that is going to be heavier on your chest and arms and the muscles that are doing the pushups. And then again, you start with lower number of reps and start working your way up to the higher number of reps. So, yeah. So hopefully that helped as far as understanding what progressive overload is and some examples of how to apply progressive overload. And if you have any additional questions, I would love to answer them. So just hit me up in my DMs and Instagram. That's the best way to be in touch with me. And if you enjoyed this kind of, you know, one topic episode, I'd love to hear that too, because, you know, I'm thinking about what kinds of episodes to do in the future. And of course, what my audience wants to hear and how they want to hear them uh, makes a difference to me. So if you have an opinion on those things, then let me know. And until next time, then happy training. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 40 Plus Fitness for Women. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to show your appreciation, please hit the subscribe button. That helps me to reach more listeners because it signals to the podcast algorithm gods that this is a good show. Talk to you next week.